July 2nd, 2015, Happy Valley, California. Matthew Graham woke to find his six-month-old baby, Ember Graham, missing. A panicked search followed. Graham claimed she was abducted by a stranger, but surveillance footage and later events would have everyone question. Was it really an abduction? And did Ember's father know more than he was letting on? This is Ember's story. Ember's having a daddy-daughter sleepover with Matthew. He would come pick her up sometimes and she would stay the night. Either one time every week or one time every other week she'd be staying the night with him. At around 10.30 that night, Matthew says he went to sleep in this bed just a few feet from Ember. But as the sun comes up the next morning, baby Ember is gone. Ember Sky Graham was born December 19, 2014 the first child for newlyweds Jamie and Matthew Graham. The couple had only been married in August of that year, with Graham bringing a son with him from a previous relationship. Unfortunately, the relationship was not stable. Graham would be described by those who knew him as impulsive and erratic. He smoked marijuana daily, both medically and recreationally. He also smoked honey oil, which is a form of cannabis. Graham also had a criminal record for drug use, burglary and forgery. But it was Graham's drug use that caused conflict in the relationship. Jamie would later state she did not know the man she was coming home to. Sometimes he would be loving and the perfect partner. Other times he would tell her it was over, that he hated her. And he would throw her and later Jamie and Ember out of the trailer for no reason. But by July 2015, Graham was attempting to get his life back on track. He was meeting his probation requirements, and Jamie was planning on moving back with Ember into Graham's 25-foot trailer that was on the property of his cousin Sarah and her fiancé, James. They lived on the property in their own trailer and six dogs on Norsha Lane in Happy Valley, California. Graham was also having regular overnight visits with Ember, sometimes up to once a week. And baby Ember, who was six months old by this stage. Ember loved stays with her father. She was known as a daddy's girl. She was always laughing and she loved kisses. Her grandmother would later state that despite her young age, she was already attempting to walk and talk. Ember was also a very shy and cautious baby. She didn't like people talking to her, let alone picking her up, if she did not know them and was comfortable around them. And this will obviously come into play later when we discuss the possibility of a stranger abduction. Ember did have her struggles, though. She went through several hospitalizations from birth due to seizures. She would later be diagnosed with epilepsy, and she would require medication twice a day to control the seizures. Unfortunately, this medication made her fussy and affected her sleep. So much so, it was like dealing with a newborn. Ember was a very restless sleeper. She was constantly flailing around. She would wake every two hours for a feed and to be comforted. But from all accounts, her mother Jamie took this in her stride, and Ember was thriving. Tuesday, July 1st, 2015. 
19-year-old Jamie and 24-year-old Graham made plans for him to have six-month-old Ember for an overnight stay. Jamie wanted to finish packing up her and Ember's things because they were moving back in with Graham the next morning. He was to be there at 8am to take their belongings to the trailer in Happy Valley. So just to make it easier, Graham was going to care for Ember. And this wasn't unusual anyway. Since their separation, Graham had been having Ember for overnight stays once every one or two weeks, mainly so Jamie could catch up on some sleep. As I said, Ember wasn't able to sleep for long periods of time due to her medication. Now the trailer. It really wasn't the ideal situation, especially when you put a high-needs baby into the mix. But it was their home for the time being. The trailer had no air conditioning, no running water and no working bathroom. One report I read stated that the sewerage flowed into a cesspool. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I guess there was a sink and a toilet in the trailer, but no actual drainage system in place. When Ember stayed with her father, she slept in the playpen that was in a room at the front of the trailer near the front door. Where's Graham's room was separate and towards the back. The door of the trailer was broken and you needed a screwdriver to open it. The police would actually comment later that it took them some time to get inside the trailer. The door was so tricky to open. The door also didn't fit in the frame properly and made one heck of a noise when you opened and closed it. So if anyone entered the trailer, everyone would know about it. And Ember being the unsettled sleeper she was, I imagined it would have woke her up every single time. On this night though, according to Graham, he put Ember to bed around 10pm. She was only wearing her size 2 Kirkland brand diaper because it was that hot. He then smoked some wax marijuana honey oil. He then checked on Ember again about half an hour later and she was sleeping soundly. So he smoked some more until he passed out. Graham would then claim to not wake again until 5am the next morning, Wednesday, July 2nd, 2015. This already sets off alarm bells for me because Ember should have woken at least three times in the seven hours she had been put to bed. But Graham checks on Ember and she's not there. Now, whether the trailer door was opened or closed, this is up for debate. Some of the earlier news reports state the door was wide open, but others don't refer to it at all. If it was open, how this happened without the sound waking Graham, or Ember waking and then the sounds of her crying waking Graham, I'm not sure. At this stage, though, Graham goes and wakes his cousin Sarah and her partner James. That's maybe they knew where Ember was. Sarah would later report Graham was inconsolable. He was panicking that he did not know where his daughter was. But as Sarah and Graham hadn't taken the toddler, they both helped Graham again look for Amber. Though I mean, I'm not sure what a search would look like. Even though her grandmother said Amber was advanced and starting to walk, there would have been no way, I would confidently say impossible, for her to get out of that playpen on her own and then open a door that grown police officers struggled with. And all the while not waking her father... Again, this does not make sense to me. 
Regardless, at 5.26am, Graham called 911 and reported his daughter missing. He actually tried several minutes before this, but the call kept dropping out. This isn't unusual. I did read a local posting on web sleuths that the phone reception there is extremely spotty. But after the 911 call, Graham also called Jamie at this time to tell her that he couldn't find Ember. At first, Jamie didn't believe it. She thought he was joking, and then thought that maybe Sarah or James had gotten her up to let Graham sleep. But no, they hadn't seen her either, and no one has seen Ember ever since. Police would arrive on the scene in 15 minutes, and Jamie within minutes of that. By the time police got there, though, Graham was waiting outside for them, and the police would later report his demeanour as calm. This immediately caught the police's attention. Jamie, on the other hand, I think she didn't really grasp the situation until she got to the trailer. Maybe she still thought that Graham wasn't being serious, or he really didn't check with Sarah and she had Ember. But when she got there and saw the police and saw Graham really not seemingly affected now by the whole situation, she lost it. Jamie fell apart at the thought her only child was missing. Now I do want to play devil's advocate here. It is very possible by this stage Graham could have been in shock. He could have emotionally dissociated from the situation as a coping mechanism. I know I do that in extremely stressful situations. You kind of go into autopilot and just do what needs to be done and then you cry and fall apart later when everything has calmed down. There is no right or wrong way to act in these situations and you never know how you're going to act unless you're in that situation. By Graham sitting alone and seemingly calm, this just may be how he was dealing with the situation the best way he could. Thursday, July 3rd, 2015. Authorities believe Graham was their one and only suspect, but without any evidence to charge him and Ember's disappearance this early in the investigation, police have been accused of tunnel vision because of this. But I can definitely understand their methods. Nothing else made sense. So law enforcement arrested him on what they could. As he had already admitted to them he smoked marijuana, he also admitted to manufacturing and extracting honey oil. So because of this, they arrested him on a probation violation stemming from a DUI and the forgery charges, and because he only completed 15 days of a 60-day work program. Police were suspicious. Graham's story kept changing and with a whole door situation. Police struggled to get it opened and it made a hell of a noise when they did. And Ember not sleeping well and not liking being touched by strangers. The timing alone of a stranger abduction would have had to have been within the first two hours of her going to bed. In addition, the property had two fences surrounding it and there were six dogs on that property that never made a sound that night. Plus, add on to that, stranger abductions, they are extremely rare. We have done 100-plus episodes at this point, and we deliberately choose the worst of the worst to highlight the flaws of the laws and the flaws in the system. 
But even then, the percentage of stranger abductions in our episodes, it really isn't that large. I don't know the exact numbers. I may work it out and put it in the Facebook group if you're interested. Someone please remind me. Graham's behaviour didn't help his case either. Police would later state in their report, Graham showed little remorse for his missing daughter. At one point, he even referred to Ember as it instead of her. And at no time during the eight-hour-plus interview with detectives did he even inquire what was being done to find Ember. This is crazy to me. It's been less than 24 hours since Ember went missing, and never once in more than eight hours did he ask how she was going to be found. Graham being arrested less than 24 hours after the baby's disappearance obviously caught the media's attention, and everyone who Graham had ever crossed came forward. He wasn't the best character out there. He had that criminal history. He stole, he dealt drugs on occasions, he owed people money. It seemed that outside of Graham's family, no one had his back. Although Jamie did state, and she still does to this day, that Graham was a good father who loved Ember deeply. The issue with all of this, though, it distracted from the search for Ember. And as we know from other cases, if the public believes someone is dead, they're less likely to look for them, less likely to care for a lack of a better word. And unfortunately, law enforcement didn't push the matter because they believed Ember was dead, and Matthew Graham, her father, was the one responsible. Lieutenant Dave Kent even said, quote, We have very limited information, unquote. But still investigators did put efforts in to locate Ember. Investigators used automated messages to alert neighbours to check their property, including barns and trash cans, for any loose dirt or suspicious bags, to report anything they may have heard in the early morning hours of July 3rd. Law enforcement and volunteers from Shasta County Sheriff's Department, as well as 12 other law enforcement agencies, joined in on the search for Ember. Up to 40 searches combed through the Happy Valley area, Cloverdale, Clear Creek and Centerville areas. Search and cadaver dogs were both used. In desperation, they just followed them around in hope they would find something, anything. They tried to find any sign of her, but nothing was found. At the same time, investigators were looking into the events leading up to Ember's disappearance. Both Graham and Sarah were steadfast in what happened that afternoon. After Jamie dropped Ember off with him, he went for a drive with his daughter in his car. A 1990 dark blue, full-size extra cab Chevrolet fleet side pickup with flat black paint on the side panels, black rims, no licence plates a cowbell hanging underneath the front bumper. Their destination, they went to the Happy Stop Market on Cloverdale Road. On the surface, there wasn't anything nefarious. He dropped in with Sarah first and asked her if she needed anything he could pick up for her. 
The gas station was only five minutes away, so it was a regular stop. So at 8pm, Graham put Ember into her car seat. She wasn't strapped in, and then drove the five minutes to the Happy Stop market. He put gas in his truck. He got Ember out and went inside. Ember was caught on the store cameras happily sucking on her pacifier. Graham bought Dr Pepper and some candy. He paid for his purchases and the gas. He put Ember back in her car seat and they drove off. Graham was adamant that he then drove to the intersection of Clear Creek Road and Cloverdale Lane, that he completed a U-turn and then drove straight back home, a drive that should have taken less than 10 minutes, driving at normal speed. And investigators approved at this point, but actually taking Graham there and driving that route with him. What Graham didn't know prior to making that statement is that police had surveillance footage showing the time he stopped at the Happy Stop Market and when he drove back past it an hour later. Graham would then change his story that he did go for a short drive to put Ember to sleep, but it wasn't that long. That does make sense. I've done that before. But the issue is that he couldn't remember what he did and where he went during that hour. When he was shown the surveillance footage, he said that the video wasn't right, that it couldn't have taken that long. Detectives would press him further to remember. At this point, they were desperate for answers. But Graham refused to answer any further questions without his lawyer present, and he would then refuse to take part in a voice stress analysis. This was one of the many inconsistencies in Graham's story of what happened that night. Sarah, though, when interviewed, she said that she saw Ember in Graham's arms after this. She said that, yes, Graham did take longer than usual, but she was 100% certain Ember came home after that drive to the Happy Stop Market, safe and happy, and she saw this herself. That Graham went into their trailer to get some water, and Ember was there with him. Graham was rocking Ember and putting her to sleep as normal, When pressed further, Sarah said she wasn't sure what time it was, that she only knew for certain was that this was before the sun went down. The issue now was, Graham's story didn't match up. He claimed he never went over to Sarah's trailer with Ember, that when he got home, he put Ember straight to sleep and then went over to let Sarah and James know he had returned home so neither of their stories match up. Or was Graham not remembering correctly? Or did Sarah see Graham with Ember before the Happy Stop Market trip? Sunset on July 1st, 2015 was 8.44pm, and the timestamp from the surveillance footage showing Graham driving back past towards his home was 9.04pm, meaning the sun would have been setting by the time he got home and went to Sarah's trailer for the water and Sarah said that she saw Ember with Graham before the sun went down. Regardless, investigators were so sure by this stage that Graham killed Ember that on July 7th at 5pm, they suspended all ground searches as, quote, there was no credible evidence to support Matthew Graham's account that Ember was abducted by a stranger or by anyone else, unquote. 
as he was only being held on a parole violation and due to the lack of evidence. Graham was released by the judge on July 8, 2015. There were conditions, though. He needed to check in with the Shasta County Probation Office and wear a GPS ankle monitor. However, for reasons that have not been made clear in our research, this was overturned the next day. The GPS ankle monitor was removed as long as he reported to his parole officer every day, seven days a week. July 10th, 2015, nine days since Ember was last seen. Investigators finally had a break in the case. A pacifier was found off Plantina Road in California in an isolated area. Jamie would later state she was positive the pacifier was Ember's, and DNA testing would later confirm it did belong to the baby. Now going back to the surveillance footage, it is possible Graham could have gotten to Plantina Road and back to the Happy Stop Market in the hour that passed. I have seen it mapped out by YouTuber Danielle Hanlon, and the return trip without stopping would have taken less than 35 minutes. Regardless, this reignited the physical search for Ember. Although Sheriff Bosenko was clear to the media this was a recovery mission. Due to the length of time that had passed since Ember went missing and the heat over the past week, there was no chance the baby could be still alive if she was out there. And due to the coyotes that roamed the sparsely populated area, there may not be even any recoverable evidence left. July 11, 2015. A panicked phone call was made to 911. It was Graham's mother, Sheila. She said that Graham heard about Ember's pacifier being found and he did not take it well. That he had stolen $400 cash from her purse, her phone and, most concerning, her 40 caliber handgun. He was nowhere to be found and, as he had missed his probation meeting, a warrant was issued for his arrest and a manhunt ensued. He had initially left on foot, but he quickly carjacked a vehicle at gunpoint. Sheriff Tom Bozenko was very critical of the judge's decision to remove the GPS ankle monitor. Quote, The court made a bad decision in ordering Graham's GPS to be removed, and now the public is in danger. Unquote. It would take two days before investigators could track Graham down via the stolen car's GPS system. I would assume Graham would not have known this. This led them to a garage in Dunsmuir, California. Graham refused to surrender, however. So there was a standoff between Graham and officers from Siskiyou County, Shasta County and the California Highway Patrol. Graham fired first. Now the police obviously believing he was shooting at them, but in reality, Graham was attempting to suicide, but it didn't work. He missed his mark. Graham attempted to leave the garage. He crawled out with the gun in his belt. It seemed as if he was going to surrender, and police approached him to arrest him. This was when Graham sat up and reached for his gun. Police acting in self-defence opened fire and Graham was subsequently shot by officers and killed, taking any secrets to what he knew about Ember's whereabouts with him. 
A few days later, authorities located a backpack belonging to Graham in a wooded area, about 250 yards from his mother's home on Cottage Avenue. It is thought he discarded it when he fled on foot. What was inside of the backpack, it is not clear. There has never been any official confirmation from law enforcement. All we know is that various items were found inside the backpack, but nothing with any value to Ember's disappearance. Fall 2017. Jamie's family hired private investigator, Philip Klein, in hopes of finding answers as to what happened to Ember. And for those who followed the Dior Coons' disappearance, would know this is the same private investigator who worked on that case. Shasta County Sheriff's Office have declined to comment on Klein's involvement, but they have publicly stated they will follow up on any leads he uncovers in his investigation. Sheriff Pazenko has also said they have more information than the public or even the family are aware of. From what I can tell in my research, there has not been any further developments in this case since then. There has never been any solid evidence that her father, Matthew Graham, was ever involved in her disappearance. However, Jamie has stated that she now believes he was, that she stuck with him in the early days of the investigation because he was her husband and Ember's father. You never want to believe the person you love would hurt you or your child. But she has stated now that too much does not make sense, and his behaviour afterwards, that didn't make sense either. We have also heard that Ember could survive without her medication. It was not necessarily a life and death situation if she didn't take it. Yes, she would be more likely to have seizures, but they could be treated. Ember's type of epilepsy as well could also be something she may have grown out of. If she was still alive today, she may no longer be experiencing seizures. So if she was taken by someone who wanted a child to raise as their own, Not having the medication wouldn't mean that Amber would die. And given Amber was only six months old, she would never know any different. She wouldn't know she had a mother out there still desperately searching for her. The issue with this, though, authorities have ruled out stranger abduction. And as we have said, this stranger would have had to have scaled two fences, gotten past half a dozen guard dogs, had a screwdriver on hand and knew the certain way you needed to open the door, picked up Ember without waking her because she would have cried out if a stranger picked her up and all of this would have had to have happened in a small window before Ember waking up because of her medication and without waking up Graham. And we also know this was one of the very few nights that Ember was with her father overnight To me, the only way she could have been taken by someone to raise as their own would be if Ember knew them, if they were very well known to the family. And I don't see how that could be a possibility because Jamie is still actively looking. Graham's family are still actively looking. Law enforcement would have looked thoroughly into both families. Ember would have been found by now if this was the case. The most likely theory, in my opinion, was an accident happened. Maybe Ember was given too much of her medication. Graham admitted to being under the influence that night. 
Maybe he forgot he gave her some and gave her another dose. Maybe he got the doses wrong. Maybe she didn't have her medication at all. Maybe that caused a life-threatening seizure and Graham panicked and didn't call the paramedics, so she died. But this doesn't explain Ember seemingly to be fine at the happy stop market and that strange hour drive and Ember's pacifier being found in that remote location. So much does not make sense in this case. Do you think Ember is still alive? I'm very aware that it's it's possible that she's not. But I, in my heart, try to believe that she is. Jamie also believes in her heart that Matthew's mother and cousin Sarah know what happened to her adorable baby. That's a serious charge. Yes, and they need to come forward and tell the truth for Ember because they can't keep that secret forever. Even if they don't know where she is now, they know what had happened. Ember Graham was six months old at the time of her disappearance. She was two foot one and 15 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a size two Kirkland diaper. Ember has epilepsy. She had previous stints in hospital for seizures and needed anti-seizure medication twice a day to control them. If Ember is still alive today, she would be seven years old. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Ember Graham, please contact the Shasta County Sheriff's Office on 530-245-6025. There is currently a $10,000 reward leading to the whereabouts of Ember and the resolution of her disappearance. If you have your own thoughts on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss any episode, and join the discussion group to share your ideas and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, and on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please share on your social media of choice and rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. This week's episode was researched, written, hosted and producted by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Music.